Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip and commentary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We've just a week to go now before we're live on stage with the new show, Cocaine Cowboys. Final tickets on sale for Limerick, Cork and Dublin from mcd.ie our venues. You've made a commitment to return to courts for other people. There's just no way the state are ever going to bring him back. Jerry Hutch is clearly on the tapes talking about the Regency, talking about the movement of weapons, and they wanted to use Jonathan Dowdle to say, and he also did this and this, and it filled in gaps to make up a murder charge. Liam Byrne obviously is currently behind bars, but the investigation into the Regency murder of David Byrne still does go on. I'm Nicola Talent. And you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Eight years since the murder of David Byrne at the Regency Hotel and his family have laid floral tributes at the spot where he died. But what has happened to the key players who were there that day and what future lies in store for many who then felt untouchable? Today, I'm talking with Niall Donald about an anniversary, an ongoing police operation and a victim whose death was a seismic moment in the history of organised crime. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. You've had a bad morning. I haven't had a great morning anyway. Yeah, what occurred? Well, a minor coffee incident, Mm -hmm. you know, so I was in the lift and one started spilling. And then I tilted my body yeah. to rescue the day. You're in a kind of round of uh, coffees. I'm in a, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck in a, in a coffee cartel, it's actually called, yeah. isn't it? It's a, so other people have described it as a toxic, codependent coffee relationship. Well, do you see, the problem is then when you want to just grab one and you can't and you've all no. bags and everything. And so it, anyway, you've upended it on yourself. Yes. And also you're fussing. I'm fussing about the show, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. You actually well, are. Well, in, in, in your opinion. Yeah. Let's, let's categorize that. Well, just like, I mean, I arrived in here to find Dara smiling, saying to me, <laughs> Niall has requested a meeting. And I said, about what? And he said, about the show. And I said, well, why, what's wrong? And he said, 
I don't know. And well, then well, I don't know why you requested. Well, there, there's there's records now. It's like EncroChat. There is records of you fussing me about two months ago. Yeah. Live on air saying, yeah. why aren't you worried about the show? What have you done on the show? Yeah. And so, I, so as it gets closer, I get fussier. And Saturday night, of course, we kick off in Limerick. You do. And as it gets closer, you get less fussy. Yeah, I do. For some bizarre yeah. reason. I get le- I just, well, I feel prepared. Yeah. But you just want to, are you going to feel like you want to go sleep again? Something like that. Well, all eyes are on me anyway, Nick. You have to remember <laughs> that. Sideshow. It's really you your know. show, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We let, I let it say Nicola Talent. Um, you know. Have you worked out what you're going to wear? Not that jumper no, anyway. No, not this jumper. No, I'm going to, I'm actually. I'm going to give you a t-shirt. Yeah, but I might wear, yeah, I might, I might buy a shirt even. I'm considering buying a shirt. Are you? Considering. Okay. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Possibly. Um, and we're in Cork on Thursday and we're in the Olympia yeah, on. Sunday night. Sunday the 18th. Sunday the 18th. Yeah, yeah. which is, um, that's the big one when yeah. you walk out and you if see I that. I haven't had some sort of fussy coronary. <laughs> Keep you on the coffees until then. Yeah. But you walk out and you see that giant, you know, theatre and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. I do get a moment there when I go, oh. Yeah, it is incredible. It's an incredible feeling uh, going out there, isn't it? It's surreal, like, you know. Well, the weight of the whole thing is on Ian. Yeah. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. Great. If it goes wrong, he's he gets the blame. Well, if it goes wrong, we'll drag him out by his ankles (laughs) onto the stage and introduce him to the audience. Yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. Um, So where do we start with Liam Byrne? Well, I mean, it was the anniversary this week of Mm. of the Regency. Um, If you remember the first couple of anniversaries, they were big security events, actually, in terms of the guards, you know, had to step up patrols. There was really a sense of, because of the nature of the feud at that stage, that this was a a sparking point or could be a potential sparking point. Mm. But it passes, you know, to a degree, uh, the passage of time has meant it's, you know, the eight year anniversary, is it? Um, It's actually hard to believe. Yeah, it is. It is hard to believe. And, you know, it's a much more subdued event. But still... uh, David Byrne's sisters attended the site of the old Regency Hotel, which is now yeah. at Bonnington, yeah. out on the airport road. And um, they attached flowers to the side of it to remember their brother. But within those floral tributes was a note from Liam Byrne yeah. uh, remembering his beloved younger yeah. brother. And it reads, um, David, my baby brother, I love and miss you so much, your bro, Liam. Mm. Like obviously Liam is currently in prison in the UK awaiting charges in relation to to uh, a gun, gun and ammunition charges and, and a, con, a conspiracy uh, charge as well. So, I mean, eight years ago, we, of course, pictured, Liam Byrne was pictured widely uh, coming out of the, the Regency Hotel, if you remember, looking obviously distraught about what had happened to his brother. Um, he was accompanied by uh, a number of other people, uh, including his own uh, cousin, Liam Rowe. Um, Sean McGovern was carried out of the Regency after suffering a gunshot wound, a non-fatal gunshot wound. And obviously, uh, Daniel Kinnan had fled the building earlier on. Um, eight years later, Mm. We're still writing about a lot of these people. Um, I mean, so much has happened. I mean, there's been this sort of massive investigation, obviously, into both sides, the Hutch Organised Crime Group and the Kinahan Organised Crime Group, of course, which the Burns would have been the Dublin branch of. But they have been hardest hit, the Burns, no matter what. I mean, you know, 
what was a hugely powerful entity working out of Crumlin, Drimna, and, you know, was seen as the most powerful drug gang in the country, has been disseminated completely. It has. I mean, it, it, it absolutely. And if you look at all of those names of all of those people there, um, you know, the Byrne clan, if you want to separate that, are, you know, really not in a good position where the Kinnahans, that Kinnahan wing, you know, they remain uh, free and, and out and about. Mm. I mean, obviously there's, there's, they're the focus of investigations, but it's interesting, eight years on, I mean, Sean McGovern carried out with a gunshot wound and again, he, he his name crops up again in a court case this week. A guy called Michael Crotty was, uh, is on trial or was on trial facing uh, for a conspiracy charge in relation to the murder of Noel Duckett-Kirwan. Um, he had pled not guilty basically to facilitating this murder and um, during the evidence, there was an initial stream of evidence because he had pled not guilty and Sean McGovern's name was mentioned as somebody who he'd been in touch with uh, to, to basically to buy him credit. Mm. Terrible thing to get caught right, really. Buying you know credit I mean? for a phone. Yeah, uh, if that was. So ultimately, there was a whole stream of evidence was heard. I called this. You, you, you called it um, a whole stream of evidence, including, you know, you know, the charge was facilitating the Kinnahan cartel effectively or the Kinnahan gang as an organised crime group as is referred to by the guards. So the, in order to prove that charge, the guards had to give the detail of of what they believe legally the mm. Kinnahan organisation is. They also had to give the evidence of how this, this man was guilty, Mr. Crotty, um, and that included obviously phone contact with Sean McGovern. Ultimately, he so changed... McGovern, of course, is in Dubai. He's, he's kicking back out there, but he's feeling the pressure. He uh, yeah. arrest warrant was issued uh, in relation to him. He is wanted here on charges of murdering Noel Duke Kerwin, yeah. and he. I think things have been moving really in yeah. the last couple of months since we entered twenty twenty four. A number of Gardaí from the Drugs and Organised Crime Bureau have based themselves out in Dubai. Yep. Um, obviously, Justice Minister Helen McEntee has been negotiating some sort of an extradition treaty yeah. in the background. And Drew Harris, the Garda chief last year, went out to visit Dubai police. So you can feel things finally moving. And I think McGovern is certainly of the opinion that he's going to be the first they'll go for. Yes. And almost it'll be a test case to see if we can get him back. Exactly. And so he would have known from from for a couple of years now that he was a wanted man and there's there's an extradition warrant for his arrest. However, up until recently, he won't have known sort of any specific details uh, because uh, Michael Crotty pled not guilty. Some of that evidence is read out in open court mm. um, and now he will be a bit more aware of what he may face, certainly in relation to the alleged murder of, of his alleged role in the murder of Noel Duke Kieran. So, I mean, that's the, Mr. Crotty has, has pled guilty now and he'd be sentenced as a result. Sometimes with these cases, and especially when you're dealing with organised crime groups, what they do is a fishing expedition yeah. within the court system. I mean, you know, when you look at the plot to kill Gary Hanley, which resulted in a number of people before the courts, um, including Luke Wilson, uh, you saw in that case that Liam Brannigan pleaded not guilty. Mm. Um, and 
there was a little bit of evidence suggesting that he was in contact with Daniel Kinahan around the time. There was some recordings from the car which in which he spoke to whoever he was in the car with. I can't remember exact detail of it, but he was talking about speaking to D yeah. and that D had said this and that D was sort of anxious to know how this plot to kill was going. And of course, him pleading not guilty and there being a trial saw that evidence come out, which yeah. would have been very useful to Daniel Kinahan yeah. um, to know what maybe the cops had on him back here. So I don't, I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that organised crime groups so sophisticated that they are yeah. will sort of do this as a, a matter of course. Well, I mean, the classic one is, have you got your book of evidence? Well, then you have to hand it over. So, I mean, that's been going on for since since year dot. Uh, what happens to people that are charged with criminal offences? There's always suspicion. There's always rats, as they say. And what happens even in the prison system is once the person, the accused, gets their book of evidence, they have to hand it over to their boss higher up to see what they have said, mm. what they haven't said. I mean, that that this is, I suppose, something equivalent to that. And um, the book handing over the book of evidence has been, you know, it's it, it's always a way, and people we've heard loads of tales about people ripping pages out of their own book of evidence and then handing it over where they might have been indiscreet during a guard interview or or various things like that. Um, so Sean McGovern, like who was a key incident on that Regency Hotel eight years ago, he's still there. Um, Liam Byrne obviously is currently behind bars. But I suppose the investigation into the Regency murder of David Byrne still does go on. That's what I was going to say. Is it is it actively going on in the background still? Because of course we covered the trial of the monk last year and he walked free from the special criminal court which was unusual in itself. Um, but he was found not guilty. The evidence was not there according to Justice Tara Burns that he was the shooter at the Regency which is what the state accused him of. Um, but you know there was a fallout from that. It was a huge embarrassment to the state Um to the DPP for taking the charges for the amount of sort of effort that went into extraditing Hutch back from Spain and such a significant figure as him sort of beating the system was not really, didn't really cover the state in glory. I wondered had they the wherewithal to go at it again, go at that Regency. I mean, that's the second trial that has collapsed essentially on them. The first being the, um, the convict, or the, sorry, the, the, the charge that was Leveled against, against Patrick Hutch Jr. And because of a, some situations outside the control of anybody really, that case, the state entered a null prosequi. Um, well, I think like, are they he, still going at it? Well, I think if 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 Jerry Hutch had been found guilty and the evidence of Jonathan Dowdle had been uh, less uh, disastrous, I think you would have seen the state uh, recall Jonathan Dowdle again. You heard a lot of detailed evidence even during the, the, the trial that we just went through, Jerry Hutch's trial, about the movements of other people on the days surrounding the Regency, uh, about CCTV of people, uh, you know, their movements. Um, I think the the value of Jonathan Dowdle as a witness, and remember, of course, Jerry Hutch was charged without Jonathan Dowdle's involvement, but the, you know, as you saw the state has, uh, or the, the case has presented by the state, Jonathan Dowdle filled up little gaps, didn't he? Mm. He filled up little gaps to say, you know, you have this CCTV evidence and he was able to give a But they were massive gaps, were they not? Well, and they were, and well, is that not what the judgment was? The massive gaps were that they really had 
what did they have on Hutch Barr when Jonathan Dowdall went state witness? He gave two pieces of evidence, one that he had handed him a key card for the Regency Hotel and the second that he'd met him in a park in the aftermath and that Hutch had admitted that he had done the Regency, neither of which pieces of evidence were believed by the judges at the court. But outside of that, you see, we forget. Outside of that, what was the evidence against Well, the evidence was the... the, Circumstantial. Yeah, the recorded conversations, I suppose, the both conversations were the... Were, there was two key bits of evidence, Jonathan Dowdle's evidence, which was a disaster. And, mm. you know, although I think as part of his deal, he 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 made a commitment to return to courts for other people, there's just no way... The Who's going to want him? There's no there's way. no way the state no. are ever going to bring him back. And I'd say, ultimately, if, if, if it hadn't been a disaster... He would have been brought back to filling gaps, which is what they wanted to use him for Jerry in the Jerry Hutch case, mm. where Jerry Hutch is clearly on the tapes talking about the Regency, talking about the movement of weapons. And they wanted to use Jonathan Dowdle to say, and he also did this and this, and it filled in a gaps to make up a murder charge. The I, I think the the likelihood of anybody ever facing a flat murder charge, in my opinion, are very, very unlikely. Now you see the, as we just spoke about Michael Crotty, where you have these facilities charges um, you know whether some of those Which obviously carry brought, lesser sentences they carry far lesser sentences mm. um, but you know whether they it's it'd be surprising if they were brought now there is evidence there because we know that that has been detailed in open court um, I don't know but I do know there is still an, an active investigation There's, As part of the judgment though I think um, Justice Byrne suggested that you know had she not been considering a clear murder charge had there been other charges brought I mean there was no doubt but uh, the monk was close to the firearms as they were yeah. being as they were trying to get rid of them essentially Yeah. Um, and I think also there was this looming presence of his brother Patsy throughout the trial and yeah. his, his closeness to those weapons, those AK-47s, as they were planning to move them back up to the north and hand them over to some dissidents as a sweetener or whatever it was. It was never really quite properly explained. But um, I mean, you know, in the background, are they still actively trying to bring charges against some of those people who would have been... I mean, the entire, uh, you know, Regency hit team as such was named during the course of the trial. Yeah. I mean, we were able to work out exactly who was who. Yeah, and I mean, there have been arrests and and charges not brought. I mean, it, it, like, there's... It it seems hard to believe that some new evidence could come to to light. Mm. Um, I think the Jonathan Dowdle... Uh, fiasco has really put a dent in any future plans. Mm. Um, but like the, the the wheels of justice grind slowly and sometimes they're they mysterious, sure aren't they? Like, I mean, like in eight years, we go back to the, you know, how we started here mm. today, eight years ago, David Byrne was murdered. Obviously, he will never be forgotten by his family, his mother and father, his sisters and his brother um, and the tragedy and violence of his death that day. But that moment just created such a ripple. I mean, it has engaged the forces of the state in a sort of almost a learning curve in in law enforcement. It has actually resulted in Europe coming together like never before. Yeah. Um, 
and and the the the, the US and a sort of in, uh, unprecedented international police cooperation. Uh, it has been incredible what that what that moment uh, led to. Mm. Like there is no doubt about it that that. Um, that European police forces are just simply interacting in a different way than they did. And the role of the Kinnan cartel and the investigation into them certainly has seemed to have played a role in that. I mean, the 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 idea that the US government at a high level would become involved in Irish gangland, it like it would have been a, a bizarre notion, would it not? Yeah, no, I mean... I, if, you, if you look back on that day yeah. when we got that call that this shooting has gone ahead, if I said, oh, in a few years now you'll have the US government uh, mm. holding a press conference in Dublin about this, like it just wouldn't have seemed... Uh, but you incredible. know, you talk about that day and the the, the, the call to from our colleague Arnie Leslie who was there and who photographed um, two men running from the scene with guns, a photograph which caused a whole lot of trouble for a whole lot of people. Yeah. But nonetheless, um, I think everyone knew that moment was significant, the chaos around it, the absolute, you know, in the in the immediate aftermath between crime journalists, cops, yeah. gangsters, everyone knew this was yeah. something outside, anything that had happened before. And it, it happened, of course, in the in the in or around the general election, which made it a, a huge issue um, in terms of the political implications of it. Like obviously, they've been discussed in various ways uh, by various conspiracy theorists in the aftermath. But it, yeah, it became it's a sort of a watershed moment, I think, in Irish life. Um, we had them before, of course, but mostly they were to do with with the armed struggle of Republicans, really. I mean, there was these moments before, and I suppose the murder of Veronica Guerin was the, the kind of most well. recent to that. I remember being up in a hotel in. South County Dublin having a cup of coffee in the aftermath of the Regency and there were these very posh golfers yeah. who'd come in off a course and they were sitting having their steak lunch and their pints and um, I was sort of half listening into them and they started to discuss those Kinnahans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the moment I think I realised the Kinnahans had come yeah. off the pages of the tabloid newspapers and they had gone into the national psyche that they, you know, people had sat up and oh, taken look, notice. I of. remember a picture of Daniel Kinnan being on the Late Late Show in a discussion and just remembering. He wasn't on the Late Late Show, no, obviously. No, no, a picture of him. But I verify that. Not long bef- before battling to get him named in connection with drug dealing. Yeah. In the Sunday world, mm. battling with lawyers and everybody yeah. to say, is this safe? And then in a very short space of time, he's on the late, late, which of course, as you know, from being on the late, late, they are really careful and for obvious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Um, and then he went, I suppose, from the national conscious conscience to yeah. international conscience in a very short space of time yeah. with his boxing. But look, hopefully we'll have some developments in all of that over the next couple of weeks or certainly yeah. month. And hopefully I won't be off on holidays. Hopefully. Actually, I have a few planned. So Do you? Great. <laughs> well, right. hopefully I survive my stress-induced coronary. You'll be fine. You'll be absolutely fine. Okay, Niall, thanks. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. Produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Claude Amini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.
Would you like to be able to start conversations like a pro? Take The Sunday World, your daily dose of what's going on. Do not consume The Sunday World if you're involved in a drug cartel, you're a politician with something to hide, or you've appeared on a reality TV show and care about others' opinions. Consume The Sunday World responsibly. Always read the stories, gossip, and commentary.